It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Baseball season, it comes and goes, but Crawford Bach just flows and flows. It's the Bach to drink any time of year. You don't need a reason because it's a dang good beer. You can rock the Bach at a music festival or rodeo, Shakespeare in the Park or Lowrider Car Show. It's the Bach for bonfires and happy hour, South Padre, even your next baby shower. So share a Crawford Bach anytime with your favorite gals and bros. And when baseball season comes back, let's go Strohs! This episode of Astrocast is brought to you by Carbach Brewing. Carbach Brewing. Tonight, the Houston Astros take on the Texas Rangers in game two of a four-game series at Globe Life Field in Arlington. The Astros took the first game 12-4 yesterday. Alex Bregman, three extra base hits, including a homer, drove in three. Jose Altuve, three hits as well, a homer and a double. He had three RBIs as the Astros have taken two of their last three, handed the Rangers their fourth straight loss and the Rangers' seventh loss in their last eight games. Astros 29-28, second in the AL West. Magic number of one over the Angels to clinch a playoff spot. The Rangers are last in the AL West with a record of 19-38, and the worst record in the American League. Let's take a look at today's pitching matchup presented by Houston Methodist. Houston Methodist is proud to be the official health care provider for the Houston Astros. Houston Methodist leading medicine. Well, it's Jose Urquidy on the mound for the Astros. He's been really good for the Astros in four starts this year, and he's been really good against the Rangers in the two starts he's faced him in his career. Yeah, no walks, seven strikeouts in that start when he threw seven innings of one-run ball on September 15th. His last start against Arizona, I thought he came out a little flat and may have had some dead arm. That was his fourth start of the season, so maybe uh, looking for him to come out here and strike a few more hitters out by getting ahead and, and showing more lively stuff. Uh, he's just dependable. He's somebody who can and really pitch to uh, maybe a game plan. You know, you, you figure out ways to attack certain hitters, and Urquidy is usually the, the man to get the job done. Kyle Cody on the mound for the Rangers, and he's one of many young players that they're relying on in the latter part of this season. And he hasn't gone deep in the games. They're still stretching him out. He didn't pitch at all last year, but went five innings in his last start Sunday against the Angels. Yeah, this is their last look. And this is a, a situation right now. You saw the Astros' offense kind of come to life yesterday. You're hoping that they can build on that momentum and, and get to a young starter like this. He has 10 walks in 17 and two-thirds innings. Uh, he's got a pretty lively fastball. It doesn't throw real hard, but he's got a slurvy breaking ball. His changeup's just okay. Uh, definitely wouldn't be in the big leagues if it hadn't been for all these injuries. Time now for the keys to the game presented by Honda. Visit your local Greater Houston Honda dealers for great deals at all models. Honda, the official sponsor of the Houston Astros. Well, last night the roof was open at Globe Live Field and the Astros scored 12 runs. The Rangers have lost all four games they've played this year when the roof has been open at their new ballpark and have given up at least 10 runs in all four. Roof's going to be open <laughs> again tonight. So uh, if, in any event, you certainly hope that the Astros continue that momentum that they had offensively last night. Well, one thing we know, the Astros have more home run hitters than the Texas Rangers in this what's proven to be, you know, in this really small sample so far is that the, the home run rate goes up almost twice is what it is when the roof is closed. So uh, advantage Astros. You're thinking about uh, trying to slug uh, with this Astros team. I don't think you can right now.
Coming up next, we'll hear from Astros manager Dusty Baker. And a little later, we'll hear from actor and lifelong Astros fan Tim Blake Nelson. But now this from your local station. What's even easier than hitting a home run into the Crawford boxes? Deep to left field, and you can kiss that goodbye into the Landry's Crawford boxes. How about cracking open a delicious Crawford Bach? Carbox Crawford Bach pairs perfectly with peanuts, stadium dogs, and a good seventh-inning stretch. Plus, a portion of the proceeds from each beer goes to the Astros Foundation to support community initiatives. So root, root, root for the Astros with a cold Crawford Bach this season. A really nice win last night. Obviously, always great to get a win, but especially the way you did it, scoring 12 runs last night, 15 hits, really saw the offense break out, and it's been a, it's been a long time coming. Yeah, it has, and, uh, you know, uh, law of averages are on our side last night. It's, I mean, we got some we got some hits that bounced over people's head that we hadn't been getting, which which kind of eased everybody's uh, mind on things and uh, got some, some balls in the holes and uh, some bloopers and, and some homers, which which we hadn't been hitting, you know, many homers. But it was great to see the bomb that George hit and and uh, Bregman and uh, see who else hit one. Um, Reddick. I mean, you know, we had some guys that were swinging last night, and uh, I mean, it's fun. The game's fun when you're hitting, and it's fun when you're scoring runs. And uh, so when everybody was at, was loose, and hopefully, it'll carry over to today. You talk about Alex Bregman uh, finished a single shy of the cycle last night with three extra base hits, including that home run that you mentioned. Uh, what have you seen with, with Bregman? What did you see with Bregman last night, and what have you been seeing from him over, over the last few weeks since he came off the injured list? Well, you know, number one, the hitters are starting from behind in the very beginning because most of the pitches were hit. And then as soon as Alex was, was getting his stroke and catching up, I mean, let's look at his record last year. He started out real slow last year. Yeah, I mean, yeah. some guys are just slow starters. And uh, then he was just getting his stroke, and then he got his, his hamstring pulled. So everybody's like, oh, Alex not doing this and that. Well, he hadn't had the reps. I mean, sometimes you need a couple hundred reps to get your, you know, to get your stroke together. And uh, that's where I feel Alex is now. Christian Javier, his uh, final start of the regular season, and uh, three runs allowed over five and two-thirds, finishes uh, his rookie year with a 3.48 RA. I mean, you, you didn't really know what you were going to get with, with some of the injuries and some of the young uh, pitchers that you've had to use uh, more than you were expecting this year. But I don't think you could have asked for, for a whole lot more from Christian Javier this year. Well, it's true. I mean, I didn't know what to expect. I mean, I didn't even know guys' names. I had never seen their wind-ups. Wind up. I saw I was paying a lot of attention to them in spring training, the first spring training, uh, the bullpens that they were, were throwing to see who had control or – looking at guys' eyes and just try to learn. And these guys, like I said, I keep saying, they, they, you know, they're, they're learning on their trade on on-the-job training. And usually on-the-job training is, like, pretty tough. So, like, I'm, I'm, I'm especially proud of him because, I mean, he, he, he's learned a lot. He's, he's progressed. Uh, you know, he throws uh, uh, strikes, you know, which is a plus. Um, you know, we got to get his condition up just a little bit so that he doesn't tire. Because I think he tired last night. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can tell. And so uh, it's too late for that, but that, that we've found a spot that we feel that, you know, we can use him, especially in the playoffs. So, uh, you know, we're proud of him and all the other guys out there. Uh, you, when I talked to you yesterday, you hadn't 
been on the field yet at, at Globe Live Field and uh, mm -hmm. hadn't really hadn't played a game there yet, obviously. But uh, after after one game, what what are your impressions of of the field and uh, yeah. and and how it plays? Obviously, the impressions have to be pretty good. If you're scoring 12 runs. Well, I mean, thing about it is, I mean, it's a beautiful building. I mean, I'm still getting lost in the clubhouse. I'm going in the laundry room, and I should be going in the kitchen. And, uh, I mean, it is a huge place. I mean, a beautiful place. The seats aren't too high. It seems like, the you know, uh, they have some, some you know, four or five rows and then five, six more rows. And uh, I think this it's well planned. Um, it's a little different with all, the, with all the angles and caroms out there that are, I mean, there are probably ten different angles. And uh, you don't know. Everybody has to converge out there. This is going to mean itself to a lot of triples and a lot of inside the park, you know, home runs. Um, uh, you know, the grass is, is fast. The fake grass is, is very fast. Anything in the gap gets in, out there. And some of the guys were complaining. I heard on both sides about the marquees. I know, you know, people, you know, pay for those marquees behind the, behind the catcher. But mm -hmm. uh, uh, it's the only thing that the guys said they could not see the bat path uh, you know, through the strike zone and, uh, you know, couldn't see the ball off the bat. So, you know, I hope that they can, uh, you know, cause, uh, excuse me, I'm hoping that they can, uh, you know, alleviate that problem because it's very, very, very important that you see the bat through the zone. Three games left in the regular season, including tonight. Uh, magic number of one after your win yesterday. So another Astros win or another Angels loss, clinch a, a playoff spot. Uh, I know there. You always have to kind of be thinking ahead and and do at least a little bit of planning for uh, the postseason. But I also imagine you don't want to think too far ahead until uh, you know if and when the Astros actually clinch a spot, which hopefully will be tonight. Well, well said. I mean, what you don't want to do, you don't want to set one goal and then look past that goal to the next goal until you reach that goal. So I mean, sure. I mean, we we thought about some scenarios or who we're gonna. Uh, use, but it would be premium for us to not have to use Lance tomorrow. Um, you know, on that Saturday and find, I mean, the uh, next to last game. So uh, I'm hoping that we get this done tonight so we can kind of set our pitching. All right, Dusty Baker, thanks for joining us and uh, hopefully you clinch tonight. Yes, hopefully. Thank you. This episode of AstroCast is brought to you by Carbach Brewing. This is Steve Sparks. Uh, about 40 years ago, the Astros uh, were in the playoffs, and I was getting phone calls from a buddy of mine in high school. We were juniors, and he was a, a soccer player. Uh, he was in the drama club. He was, uh, he, he was a lot smarter than I was. But he was calling me during those games against the Philadelphia Phillies and the Astros, and we were talking baseball. He loved Jose Cruz. He loved Alan Ashby. He loved Nolan Ryan and Terry Poole. And we were in Tulsa, Oklahoma. That was the AAA affiliate for the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, but he's my guest today. He's an actor. He's a writer. He's a director. He's been in a, a couple of Spielberg movies. He's been in some uh, Coen Brother movies. He's acted with George Clooney, Daniel Day-Lewis, Edward Norton, Tom Cruise, and he has a Grammy. So Tim Blake Nelson, how does it feel to be the second most famous guy from our high school class? Well, it's great. And, you know, anytime I can be second uh, to Steve Sparks, <laughs> that's okay in my book. Uh, I was a big fan of yours in high school. 
you were, unlike me, uh, coordinated beyond adept at sports. I was not an adept. I was a, I was a, I was a, incredibly challenged. I was on the varsity soccer team for three years, but I never left the bench. I always just barely made the varsity, but I never played. Meanwhile, you and our buddy uh, from back then, Alan Robeson, yeah, uh, uh, were uh, you were the heart of our baseball team. And then you went on and you've lived the dream. You pitched in the major leagues, a major league baseball pitcher, bonafide for the Detroit Tigers. And now you are the radio commentator, one of two, for my favorite baseball team since I was 10 years old. It's amazing. I'm so proud of you. Tim, how did that – well, I appreciate that. How did that happen? 10 years old, you were an Astro fan. Was it the uniforms? Uh, What was it? It was J.R. Richard. Ah. I just, um, I, I, I watched him pitch, and he had this, first of all, he had an upper 90s, sometimes uh, above 100-mile-an-hour fastball. Right. And then he had this slider he could disguise that just dropped. It just, it, 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 it was so exciting to watch him. And it was so interesting to watch his um, uh, stare downs uh, with batters. He was he was considered he was considered the most intimidating pitcher in all of baseball. And I found it so electric to watch him. And then Nolan Ryan came along um, after that. But it was really J.R. Richards. Uh, that's that's what turned me on to that team. That's awesome. And you followed them for years and years. And, and you and I kind of reconnected once, once I became a broadcaster with the Astros. And I remembered, because I thought it was strange, man. Uh, my buddy liked the Houston Astros. Everybody else kind of liked the St. Louis Cardinals around Tulsa. But it always stuck. Or the Texas Rangers. Yeah, or the Texas Rangers, absolutely. But uh, it just always stuck with me that you were, you were an Astro fan from, from way back then. Who are your favorite Astros now on this team because we've spoken in the last five or six years uh, via email quite a bit. But who are your favorite players on this team? I, I don't. I love every one of them. I mean, if you wear that uniform, I'm all for you. Just as an example, I, I loathed uh, Kiko Garcia uh, when he played for the Orioles, but when he became an Astro, which I think is correct, uh, yeah. I, he was just suddenly. I loved him. Uh, uh, same with Joe Morgan. Um, so if you have on that uniform, so I, I, you know, it can be, uh, I love Mayfield, uh, you know, who's new and Tucker and, and I love Altuve. I love Bregman. Yep. Uh, uh, who's, um, Jewish like I am. You sure. Uh, yeah. Um, and, 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 uh, so was Brad Osmus. Um, right. but, uh, Man, I love Jordan, and, and uh, uh, I love all the pitchers. I, I think, you know, and these new guys, uh, Urquidy and, and um, Christian, who pitched last night. Yeah. Uh, it, it was, was uh, you know, these are spectacular. I'm, I really do love small ball. Uh, so I have always – my favorite Astros teams have always been those that 
that are up toward the top of the, uh, the used to be NL, now AL, in ERA uh, and scratching out runs. Uh, but I'm also really delighted that, that suddenly the Astros are something of a power team, particularly last night. Uh, four home runs. Yeah. Uh, by uh, uh, and uh, I think the first game in two years since uh, Springer and Altuve and Bregman all had homers. You're so, doing your homework. Uh, That's great. Exciting. That's great. So living in New York, it's got to be strange uh, with your your favorite team that's owned the Yankees uh, the way that they have. Has it been a little odd for you in New York? Well, I lived, I, I, my first year, I went to drama school in New York at uh, Juilliard. And uh-huh. I, my first year of drama school was in uh, the dread year of 1986. That was the Mike Scott, uh, Jim Deshays, that team. Yeah. Uh, Charlie Kerfeld, Kevin Bass, you know, that, that group. And uh, we lost that, that, horrible uh, series 16 inning game to the Mets and it was so humiliating (laughs) to be in New York City and I wear my Astros colors proudly to this day Uh, and so I always I wore an Astros jacket I lived in and I just got so much grief particularly since I continued wearing it through the series (laughs) and after and New York is not a place where people feel restrained. So I was getting a lot of abuse on the subway in particular. Yeah. And you've directed, and I've heard you talk about directors setting the mood uh, on the set. And, and I, it makes me think a little bit about a manager being able to set the mood and the culture in the clubhouse. Is it similar, you think? I think it is. Um, I think that's a really good point. And I, I think that a director's job, particularly with the actors, but also with the designers, so the costume designer and the production designer and the director of photography, makeup artists, but also, and, and, and of course the actors, you want to create an environment in which they can contribute to the best of their abilities to uh, the greater whole, which is the movie. And a lot of that is psychological. It's like a uh, and there are all sorts of different ways of achieving that. And I've always at least tried, um, and some would say I've failed as a director, but uh, uh, tried to take the mellow approach, uh, more the, uh, the Art Howe, Larry Durker, uh, Dusty Baker approach uh, than, the, than, than the more dictatorial uh, approach. Not that A.J. Hinch or... or um, uh, some of the other managers were dictatorial. I don't want to cast any aspersions. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think you want to create an environment in which people achieve. Okay, here recently you were in the ballad uh, of Buster Scruggs, and that reminded me a lot of you in high school because you would sing, uh, you would put a, a little country flair in it, and you were this, this uh, dusty cowboy in this movie. But your son taught you to learn how to play the guitar, Uh, for that movie, didn't he? Yes, my oldest son, Henry, who's now studying music at Oberlin Conservatory. He's a composer uh, and also a burgeoning young filmmaker. I think he's going to be better than I am, uh, I hope, uh, and trust. Um, But uh, yeah, he taught me how to play the guitar and um, 
I, I'm, I, I've lived to tell the tale that a, that a child can teach the parent and actually be loving and friendly doing so, and even patient. <laughs> well, uh, he was more patient with me uh, teaching guitar maybe than I was with his papers in high school. Well, we've all learned how to be a little bit more patient this year, haven't we? We have, I should say so. All right, you were Dr. Pendansky in, in Holes, and I think that came out about 16 or 17 years ago. And you said you get recognized from people on the streets more for that movie than any of your other ones. Uh, what about uh, Oh Brother, Where Out Thou? How many times do people uh, mention Del Mar and, and just blurt out a line from that movie? Well, when I'm in the South, uh, back where we're from, you know, in Oklahoma, or when I'm in the deep, in the, in the Southeast, like in Georgia or, or uh, Alabama or Mississippi or Louisiana, that's the movie for which I'm recognized the most, certainly. Uh, and I remember my, <laughs> my wife and I were in Lubbock uh, in this tiny airport. And this very friendly gentleman came up, but it, it, he was a little on the spectrum, I think. <laughs> and uh, he said, uh, he said, I don't know. Oh, you're my favorite actor ever. And, and my wife turned and she said, you know, year after year, your fans have less forking in the family tree. <laughs> and maybe a few less teeth. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, um, and then I remember, I remember <laughs> I went to the Sugar Bowl uh, to watch the Sooners uh, uh, play LSU uh, for the national championship um, during the, I think Jason White was the quarterback. It, yep. it must have been around 2000, I don't know, 2007, 2008. I don't know That's the exact right. date. Yep. And uh, we're in the Sugar Bowl and we're in, in the middle of a bunch of these um, LSU fans because we were completely outnumbered. It was New Orleans and, and, uh, and these guys said, man, you are not buying a drink. You are not buying a single drink. You're my favorite movie. And then we just, Oklahoma just proceeded to lose. And it was just so humiliating. Uh, because then the drink became, they, they became uh, pity drinks instead yeah. of band drinks. <laughs> yeah. So Budweiser started tasting a little worse. <laughs> yeah. There you go. All right. I uh, want to see if you'll indulge me. This is from Oh Brother, Where Out Thou? And uh, I, I might have delusions of grandeur. Uh, you, you ready for it? Sure. It's going to start off a little something like this. What would you say if I said, Well, I had a friend named Ramblin' Bob. He used to steal, gamble, and run. He thought he was the smartest guy around. I found out last Monday. Bob, Bob got a lot of Yeah, and I've actually learned how to play that on the guitar now. No kidding. No, no kidding. Let me hear let me hear the chorus. Uh, he's in the jailhouse now. He's in the jailhouse now. That's as much as you're gonna get. There you go. Hey, you got a Grammy. I mean that that was uh that album for Oh Brother Where Out Thou uh, won a Grammy. And you recorded that song in there, so you got the award, right? I did. I, I have a Grammy. It's I, I. I always point out to my musical son, oldest son, that it's the least deserved Grammy in the history of the award. <laughs> do you have it? Do you have it sitting out prominently? 
It's, uh, you know, it's, it's right up to my left, right underneath um, my uh, Barry Switzer autographed football. Fantastic. That, that, that's, a, that's a lot, sounds a lot like how, how I have my Cy Young Awards uh, on my wall in my office. Yeah, how many of those did you win? Seven or eight, <laughs> something like that. I lost count. You know what? You're, you're, you're my Cy Young Award winner year after year. I couldn't believe when I turned on the, uh, the Astros and, and, and heard your voice uh, for the first time. It, it was just such a delight, and I brag on you ceaselessly. Well, I've done the same thing. You know, I was going to tell you that, man. I, I tell people all the time that uh, uh, that's my buddy, you know, and uh, I, I thank you uh, for the entertainment, but I thank you more than anything else for not going to prison and, and embarrassing all of us. Oh, yeah, you too. Right back at you. Because you are the, 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 the pride of Holland Hall High School, the class of 1982. There you go. That's you, can play, you played in the major leagues. I mean, that's just, it's, it's every kid's dream. I'm so proud of you. Proud of you as well. Thanks for joining me. Uh, that's Tim Blake Nelson. Uh, what do you got coming out soon? I, I know Watchmen was on HBO. Uh, what do you got coming out next? I've got a couple of independent films coming out uh, next year, if, if movies come out next year. Right. Uh, and I'm about to go shoot um, a film called Nightmare Alley with Guillermo del Toro. Is that the one in the Ozarks? Oh, no, the one in the Ozarks I just shot. They're, they're editing that right now. That's called, um, I'm not sure what it's going to be called. The working title is Ghosts of the Ozarks. That's a movie I did, yeah, with David Arquette. Um, and, uh, and then I'm going to do a Western. Uh, actually, we're going to shoot up in Chickasha uh, later in the year. Um, and that's what I'm shooting next. After, after this Guillermo del Toro movie, uh, Nightmare Alley. Very good. So that'll be after the uh, Astros win another World Series. Let's, let's, let's hope. Let's hope. There you go. Tim Blake Nelson, thanks for catching up, man. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Astrocast is poured for you by Carbock Brewing. Get highlights, interviews, the latest news surrounding MLB, and your Astros. Brought to you by Carbock Brewing. Looking up. See you later. Into the Landry's Crawford boxes. Subscribe to Astrocast. Expecting a great season with this Astros team. The official podcast on the Houston Astros. It's going to be a lot of fun the whole way.